Welcome to In Any Event, a show for event planners about events. I'm your host, Michael Kranitz, CEO of Event Squid, along with Marcella D, our esteemed producer and behavior modification specialist. She modifies my on-air behavior. And today on our inaugural program, we have a very special guest, Vice President of Connect Marketplace, Patrick Higgins. Connect is the premier hosted buyer show in North America, and we will get into what Connect does, how they've coped with the whole coronavirus disaster, and tap into Patrick's expertise, which runs the gamut. Patrick spent over a decade in various CVB sales capacities in Reno, Palm Springs, Salt Lake City, and has worked with a number of organizations, including the Department of Defense, USA Volleyball, USA Fencing, USA Triathlon, with their meetings and events. And his experience extends into destination management organizations, individual event planners, from soup to nuts. This guy has done it. And that's why we've invited him on to be our guest on our inaugural show. So with that, welcome, Patrick. Thanks, Michael. Glad to be here. Hey, Patrick. Hi, Marcella. So, Patrick, are you anchored in Reno or have you been traveling around the country since this whole thing started? What's uh, what are you doing out there? Uh, anchored is probably a good word. I don't think I have much use for luggage these days. Since uh, March, it's uh, there hasn't hasn't been a lot of travel. It's starting to pick up a little bit, but um, I think my family's ready for me to hit the road again. They're getting a little tired of me. And you've got a pretty big family in terms of your your coaching and uh, and the things you do with them. Just give us a little bit of background on you personally, and let the folks know who's on the other side of the mic. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad you asked the question. So my, my wife and I have been married for about 16 years. Um, and then we have uh, three children. We are, our boys are 15 and 12. And then we have a daughter that just turned nine. So when I'm not on the road and uh, traveling and doing different things, I'm, I'm definitely enjoying time at home, do a lot of fly fishing and uh, coaching basketball and baseball is definitely a passion of mine. Uh, that's terrific. And, you know, it, most of our, our planners know, uh, exactly what it's like balancing that um, the work and family life uh, routines. And and I don't know if there's anything more chaotic to add to family life than events. Uh, so <laughs> so <laughs> that give us a little bit of context around connect. And, and for those who have not experienced connect marketplace, and I have personally, and We'll talk about that. It's a wonderful thing, but kind of give us a little bit of a, a background on what Connect is and what they do and and how it's different. Yeah, sure. So Connect as a whole, it's been around since roughly the mid seventies, and it started as a a media firm that that focused in leisure travel and and things of that nature. But within about the last oh twelve years or so, it's um, we've really doubled down on the hosted buyer platform. And when I say that, what we've done is we realize the the importance of connecting the right people and putting them together in a business environment where stuff can actually get done. 
right? So we've uh, we've taken a look at we've we've all ended on the Connect team. We've attended different industry shows. There are a lot of things we like about them, but there's also some areas where we thought, you know what, that, that could be a little improvement here, and we can do a little better job. So everything from the technology that we rely on to the atmosphere and the environment on site and the way that we line up our agenda is really focused on getting business done and putting people in a target rich environment. But then we also, because we're not a membership based organization and we don't have boards of directors or committees, things like that, we can take some risks and we can have a little fun in areas that, that um, the membership based organizations may be a little bit more hesitant to. So every year we try and create a little bit of a different experience in terms of just what we offer our attendees. And we have a lot of fun while we do it. So when you, when you say hosted buyer and some of our audience will not, uh, be familiar with this term. De- describe what that means. Yeah, no, I'm. It's I, I forget that's it, it's become common, common day vernacular on our end. But then, uh, if I am trying to explain to somebody outside of the industry, they look at me like I have three heads. So, it's um, when you say hosted buyer, it's the planners that we serve. If they're depending on the show, depending on the event that we produce, we like to take those those planners and we have a, a team out of our Atlanta office that that actively recruits and qualifies planners to make sure that they're they're valid, that they have legitimate business, that they have that they fit the profile of the event that we uh, we're recruiting for. Once they've qualified, then at that point they're our guest. And we cover their airfare, their hotel, their registration fees, anything it takes to get them uh, together and in front of uh, the Convention of Visitors Bureaus and the hotels and the service providers that uh, that hope to, to present their services or their cities. In the format of the show, at least from my perspective, and I came in as a, a vendor, right? So we sell software, we sign up for a Connect show, and... Honestly, my, my first impression was this is speed dating, professional speed dating, because there's a clock right on the wall and it, it gives me seven minutes to sit down at a table with one, one of my preset appointments. And then I, I talk directly to that person and then I move on to the next one. Right. So how many of these tables of planners do you have set up at a typical connect meeting? And then how many do you have set up at your largest ones? Well, it, it varies. So our, our largest event in Louisville this time last year, uh, or in August last year, we were right around oh, 1,300 tables or planner booths. And then on some of our, our regional events, things like that, sometimes it's, you know, 75 to 100. But it's, um, yeah, anybody, anybody that's not familiar with the concept, and we, when we try to explain it in the professional sense, I can tell that they're they're struggling to really relate it to anything. But when we mention speed dating, it clicks and everybody understands. So that's that's exactly what it is. And you know, I remember my first Connect show, and this is now going back almost four years. I I was physically drained, at, and I can go, <laughs> go. But, but you you look at the clock, you hop to your next meeting, and I think within like the first half of the first day. I had probably 15 appointments. And what I thought was fascinating is I'm, I might go from someone who, all the people that that you matched us up with, and we'll talk about how you do the matchmaking, uh, they, they wanted registration software in, in one form or the next. Uh, but, but the nature of the planners that I met ran from, you know, 
an internal corporate planner, and then I would run to an association, and then it would be, you know, a, a sporting organization, and then they, they were all different. And I had to reset and go, and then just get on the, you know, whatever I was going to say. And one of the most fascinating things that I found, at least for us, was the less I had prepared in terms of any slides or, you know, iPad screens or whatever, the better off I did that, that the more casual the conversation was in getting to the heart of the issue, the better it was. And to me, anyway, the beauty of what you guys do is that it is a personal conversation that can be directed in any way that the vendor, for lack of a better term, wants to direct it. And I wonder what kind of feedback you've gotten from your planners in terms of what they've seen and what they like and what they don't like. Well, I, and I think that's it, it. So on our average show, we're about eight minutes long, those appointments, the one-on-one appointments before the, uh, the bell rings and everybody rotates to their next appointment. And the advice that we give people, especially our first-time attendees, we really try and emphasize this is not a cold call. Don't treat it like it's a sales pitch. Relationships are absolutely critical. Planners, and I, even when, when I look back on my plan, I'm going to do business with people that I trust because when I'm in, a, in the trenches and I have an event going on, I want to be able to trust and have a relationship with that person. So that eight minutes, the sale is in the follow-up and it's how you handle things accordingly after you meet with the individual. But for that eight minutes, use that eight minutes to build a relationship, build a rapport, so that when you actually do the follow-up, they remember you and they remember who you are and you remember that maybe you shared a laugh together over those eight minutes or whatever the case may be. But that, that eight minutes is absolutely critical to build that trust level and actually kickstart that relationship. So we take it upon ourselves to provide all the information that we can to both the planner and in this case, the supplier, the hotel or the service provider or the convention visitors bureau. We wanna collect all the information that you need upfront to know that that's a good fit so that you can have that background. So when you do sit down with somebody, you can actually use that time wisely. And so you're not asking questions that you already have answers to and you can really kickstart a relationship. And I couldn't agree more. The first Connect show I did, yeah, I had a giant iPad and I went through slides and and in my mind, it was the fastest sales pitch in the world, you know, <laughs> except the pitch, which might be shorter. And so to me, you know, it was like Shark Tank. And then I saw that that really wasn't resonating, like you said. And the next show, uh, I, <laughs> I went out and bought an Etch-A-Sketch, a, a full-size Etch-A-Sketch. And I cut out the screen and then I put an iPad in behind it so that it, it looked like an Etch-A-Sketch that actually had a color screen on it, right? And... I remember starting out and most of the planners were old enough. And I say, now you, I'll bet you, you, when you were a kid, you had an Etch-A-Sketch, didn't you? Uh, And they'd say, yeah, which is such a weird question, right? To start out one of these. (laughs) And I would pull out the Etch-A-Sketch and I said, you know, we've kind of reimagined the Etch-A-Sketch and I would tap it and, and the event squid screen would come up and, and that was just a way to, get them to laugh. And then we, I left behind a little mini Etch-A-Sketch that you could actually play. It was like three inches by 
two inches, whatever it was, little mini Etch-A-Sketch. And on the back, it had some catchy little slogan. And that meeting, that, that Connect event produced more follow-up than any of the, than the pre, I actually had done two than the previous two. And that's what hit home for, for me anyway, that, that that's what your events were about, that they were about distinguishing yourself and being human and being relatable because at the end of the day, at least from my perspective, planners have to know that you have their back if you're a vendor and you know, it, if you're going to go to one of the connect events as a vendor, that would be my, you know, my guidance. And it certainly sounds like what you've, you've discovered is, is the, um, is the best way to relate to folks during one of these events, because otherwise it does become a grueling marathon of meetings with the all knowing, all watching clock up on the screen. Uh, I've, I've <laughs> clocked that large actually at a football stadium, maybe. All right. So your events, you've been putting them on how many in a typical year, how many, events would you would connect uh, put on and and give me a little bit of progression because you, when you guys started uh, when I started going anyway and and certainly a few years before that when you guys started there were only a few events a year uh, give, give me the growth trajectory well so when I first started at connect and this was 2000 uh, gosh 2011 late 2011 we had three events we had connect association uh, that served the uh, the National Association planners and the suppliers that were deployed against those. We had what we called Collaborate, which was corporate meeting planners. Um, and then we had uh, Re- Rejuvenate, which is faith-based or religious planners. It would fast forward to the first part of this year, pre-COVID, and we had grown to, to 44 live events. And each one is is different in form and function. And most of our events, what they do is we we look at the different service providers and the convention and visitors bureaus and the hotels, even the hotel national sales offices. We take a look at their sales teams and we look at how they're deployed. And we would launch shows that really focused on that deployment. So if it was state association, we have Connect Texas focusing on state association. Or if it was specifically on medical meeting planners or pharma, then we have Connect Medical or Connect Technology. So it's everything we do is specifically engineered very intentionally to put our suppliers into a target-rich environment where the only planners they're talking to are the ones that they need to be able to hit their individual and their team goals. Nice. And, And in terms of sheer quantity of shows, how much staff does it take to manage as many shows as you put on, let's say last year in 2019? Well, it was the, the, our meeting planner team is they're They're incredibly talented. A lot of our, we talked about relationships a little earlier. A lot of the shows and the operation, the execution, a lot of it comes down to working with those host cities and the host hotels that we enter into partnerships with to be able to host these events because we all want the same thing. And that is for all of the planners that are participating, that are traveling to our events. We want them to not only leave with an understanding and, a, and an experience they can draw upon to know that this hotel or this city can actually, that I, that, I, that I travel to for this event, 
I can actually do business here and bring my own events here, but they also know, understand how it works. So fortunately in the cities that we travel to, we have great relationships and great partnerships with the people to host that takes a lot of the burden off of the execution of the events. That being said, our meeting planner team, they are absolute rock stars in their own right in terms of just how to produce and, and present an experience to all the attendees. Um, so it's, it's, it's really it kept that partnership because we don't know all the cities intimately that we hold these events in. We may go out on a site, site inspection or a planning visit, but we don't know the ins and outs. So a lot of the planning and the execution of, of our events, that we really rely on the hosts to be able to work with us to be able to, to produce that event. So it's our meeting planning team, it's about four people strong. But the, uh, where the rubber really hits the road is on getting the planners, the right planners qualified and to be able to attend our events. And that team, depending on the time of year, can be anywhere between 25 and 35 people. Oh, wow. And it's interesting, you said the right qualities of the planners. So you're, you're taking planner applications and filtering who can actually be a planner at your event. Yeah, well, and that's that's where it comes down to. It is a lot of that. We we realize because we're not. We talked about the benefits earlier of being of not being a membership based organization. One of the um, the things that that may work against us if we're not smart and intentional about it is we don't have we we don't have memberships. We don't have committees. So for us, people attend our shows and they support our shows because. This is where we're, we're known industry-wide is this is where business comes first. And this is where you go to get business done. And that doesn't happen without having the right people under one roof and, and taking upon ourselves to prepare them to actually do business. So it's we, we our, our hosted buyer development team, their job is not just to get planners to apply, but their job is also to turn away planners that may not be a good fit. So we may have a, a, a planner that maybe they register for the wrong show or maybe they they're a great planner, but they don't readily have business that's ready to book within a, a year or two. So we want to flag those and give them the, the, the appropriate response to their application. So we can make sure that the only planners on site are the best planners possible for us to have there. Okay. And when I come on, let's say I'm going to register as an attendee, a vendor attendee, how do you go about, Clearly, I can't set up, you know, 50 appointments if I feel like it. You, 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 you allocate appointment slots and then you try to matchmake me with the, the planners that need my service. So talk to me a little bit about that pre-filtering and how you get that done. I think it'll give the audience a better idea of the quality of the match that happens before you even sit down for that eight-minute conversation. Well, and that, that's something we take very seriously. And we, I'll be candid with you. We, we learn as we go. We didn't always provide. We used, when, we, when I first started, it was about getting people in the right place together and they can have that conversation. But what we realized is, is that as the years went by and we started collecting feedback from different advisory groups or whatever the case is, we, we started realizing we, we could take it upon ourselves to do a better job to match people together. So in this during the registration process, and you know this because we use EventSquid exclusively for, for our registrations for all of our events, it's we, we collect that information on the front end and we ask a lot of questions because we want to use that data to help match people together and make sure that they're they're 
we're matching them up and the conversations are meaningful. Not every one-on-one appointment is going to be perfect. Any hosted buyer show, regardless of your industry, that promises that every appointment is going to be great, I would challenge that and I would push back on that because it's our goal is to try and get about 90% of our appointments to be really, really, really solid. But it's it's never a perfect science. But the more information we can collect on each other, so the more the planners know about the suppliers and vice versa, the more we can feed into our appointment setting, Matt, run the algorithm, and it'll actually recommend the right people for, for each other to meet with. Nice. And, and as an attendee, of many of your shows, I can tell you that 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 is massively important because we've all had the experience of sitting down and say, (laughs) getting someone to say, the planner will say, I'm not sure why they paired you up with me. And some of those actually work out because we have a laugh and and we can talk casually and the pressure's off. But the better you get at that, uh, the better the event. And I think, at least from our part, you have to have some expectation as a vendor that as the movie uh, said, love is not guaranteed. Um, that is a chick flick. I was forced to watch it. I'm just going to let you know. Um, that's the, <laughs> <I don't>, um, <laughs> like, do I have to watch the last 30 minutes of this? <laughs> uh, well, your game is off. Yeah. <laughs> this literally happened. Um, okay. So that's good. I, I, you know, the background connect is really going to be helpful for this next segment where I want to explore one of the most amazing things that you did, which to me is like a a mass uh, biblical exodus uh, in order to wrestle with the constraints of COVID-19. Walk us through what you recently did in connection with a show that was scheduled to be in Las Vegas that somehow is now in Orlando. We will get back to Patrick's answer to that question and much more. But first, a quick reminder that In Any Event is brought to you by EventSquid. EventSquid provides event registration, virtual event delivery, speaker management, professional education tracking, and much more to companies in the United States and Canada. Visit eventsquid.com for more information. Now let's get back with Patrick Higgins from Connect Meetings. Walk us through what you recently did in connection with a show that was scheduled to be in Las Vegas that somehow is now in Orlando. Well, it, it, it was actually before Vegas, it was supposed to be in New Orleans. Pre-COVID, the goal was to go back to New Orleans. It's one of our favorite cities. We have a great history with uh, New Orleans and the hotels and the community are just fantastic and our attendees love it. So originally we were supposed to go back to um, New Orleans and we took a look at it in different conditions and we thought, gosh, let's go to Las Vegas. Nevada at that point was a little further along uh, the road to reopening and we, we thought this would be absolutely perfect for us. We had phenomenal partners in the win that really helped us make this happen and push it along. So come May, June timeframe, we announced that we're going to the win in Las Vegas and we couldn't have been more excited about it. We shot some pre-promotional videos and they were, they were really helping us with attendance promotion. And the closer we, we got to uh, our dates in October, we realized that we, what we had originally thought as we, at that point, 
the total attendance that was allowable within the state of Nevada for group gatherings was um, uh, 50 people. And we had thought, well, after some conversations, we thought we had a, a, a pretty clear path that by the time we rolled around to late September, October, it was going to go up to 50% capacity in meeting space, not just 50 people. So we got a little anxious about that and the clock started ticking and we're watching the days fly by on the calendar. And we thought, well, legally, legally we can't even hold this meeting in, in, in Nevada and in Las Vegas because the, we're, we're not allowed to meet in our group size. Uh, at this point. So we started looking at different alternatives. We had that conversation with the win and together we came to the conclusion that it, it was in everyone's best interest if we found uh, a state and a location that would allow us at that point, wasn't going to hold us back and we were going to be able to move forward in the numbers that we, our registration numbers. So we uh, we talked to the win and they could not have been more gracious and understanding. And we both wanted to make sure that we provided everybody with the best possible experience. So we moved uh, with the announcement just a couple of weeks ago that we we're going to move to the other side of the country to uh, Orlando, to the Orlando Marriott World Center. Again, a property that we have a great track record with. We were just there in 2013 to with uh, with phenomenal results. And we love the team and the uh, the folks there. So that was about, oh gosh, about four and a half weeks prior to the start date of the show. So we didn't change the show dates. We didn't change anything. We just changed the location and it, w- it made for a wild ride. Let me tell you that. We're still uh, every day is a little interesting because we're taking a, a show that usually takes about a year to plan and we're moving it uh, twice within a, within a year. But it's it, it, everything's going great. All of our attendees, we personally contacted every single one of the attendees that had registered for the show. And there are some folks that when we're in Las Vegas, it was going to be a short flight or even a drive, maybe say from Southern California. So moving to the East Coast, now that's a long flight or maybe it's two flights if they have to connect somewhere. So they're going to opt to go with our, our virtual alternative for the show. It's going to be a hybrid event. But then when we moved to Orlando, there were some folks in, uh, in Florida that decided this is actually close enough now that instead of going, participating virtually, now I can participate in person. So registration numbers continue to change and ebb and flow every day. But it's, uh, it's going to be a wild ride, but we're learning a lot as we go. So that's interesting the virtual alternative, how much of the attendance base will be live, do you think? And how much will be virtual? Well, I can tell you where it is right now, but it it changes every day. It's interesting is looking at our, our attendee base historically, you know, travel budgets have been, have been just absolutely decimated this last year, but there are, there are some that are, are, as things start to reopen, and especially for us for convention and visitors bureaus, because they rely so heavily on um, hotel bed taxes, as, even if it's just leisure travel that's been filling up hotels, a lot of that room tax and that, that room revenue is uh, it's starting to grow. So we're seeing registrations coming through from people that maybe they've never, this may be their first Connect show, but it's, we, we have made the, the, the announcement, we've really taken it seriously that it's somebody has to go first. Somebody in our industry has to host the first live industry event and step out in front. And that's something that, that Chris Collinson, our owner, all the way down, that's something we've, we've really taken it upon ourselves to do seriously. So as we talk to different folks and we're talking about registrations, 
we're, we're getting registrations from people that have never attended before because they want to support the industry and they want to support what we're trying to do and they understand and value what we, what we want to accomplish in the, uh, the kind of impression announcement and the statement we want to make when we get to Florida. So it's from um, at this point right now, it was originally in the past, our ratio in terms of just planners to suppliers was it was about 60-40 supplier to planner ratio. This year, it's almost flipped where we have more planners than we do suppliers, which is a, a great problem to have for the suppliers that are attending because it's a lot of the planners that are coming are, this is their first chance to actually see what new meetings are going to look like. And we have a, we have a safe and clean plan that we pushed out in April that we've actually added a few different things to, but it's really a roadmap on how we as Connect are going to execute a live a live event safely and, and in a healthy manner. So we have planners that are coming out of the woodwork that we've, we've been trying to come to the show in the past. Maybe it was a date conflict or whatever the case may be, but now they're, they're registering and flights are booked and we're looking forward to seeing them because we've, we've been learning about how to do, do events the, in the, in the new, uh, yeah, gosh, I, I really take, I don't want to say new normal, but we've been, we've been sitting through so many webinars and so many different exercises to see how events are going to transform to match the, uh, the current conditions. And this is for a lot of folks, it's their first chance to see it live and in person. So the event is what date? We're going to be October 19th through the 21st. Very good. Um, and this episode will be out by then. So if you wanted to go to the show, how would you go and register? Uh, the, to get more information, the easiest thing to do is go to our website, www.connectmeetings.com. If anybody would like to contact me personally, my email address is patrick at connectmeetings.com, and I can help point you in the right direction or answer any questions you might have. That's good. I, I think uh, I'm going to let our esteemed producer, Marcella, throw a brick at John, our VP of sales, and tell him to get his butt down to uh, Orlando. <laughs> Um, and, and let me, let me ask you some hard practical questions when let's say John goes, and by the way, he's already had it. So, uh, so he's safe. You, do you have protocols that you're going to have in place and requirements, uh, for attendance and participation? Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you said that. So that's part of going back to our, our safe and clean plan is it's, it's going to be a little interesting because Nevada, the masks are still required. There are certain regulations and things like that that the state is enforcing just because I, I live in Nevada. I see these enforcements every day. But Florida, go to Florida, they're much more open for business than other states are. So we're, we're taking upon ourselves to really prepare our attendees to know that while you're outside of the hotel or you're outside of the meeting space, your experience and your expectations may be one thing. You may not have to wear a mask. You may not have to do certain things. Inside the meeting space, it's going to be a different story. Masks are 100% required. We're going to be enforcing those rigorously. There's going to be, there will be temperature checks every morning. And we do have systems in place. If somebody does test warm, we'll escalate that up to the point of, of testing on site. And we'll be doing different things. But it's, we have uh, every attendee that, that registers and participates, they're going to get several masks from us. 
they're going to get the uh, common and uh, KN95 masks. They'll get a Connect branded mask. We have a Black Lives Matter mask. We have an LGBTQ mask. If the Black Lives Matter mask or the LGBTQ support masks are worn, we'll make a, a monetary uh, donation back to the appropriate respective nonprofit organization to support those initiatives. And right down to the cleanliness and how fat we have foggers going up and down the aisles. Our, our aisleways on the trade show floor are about two and a half times wider than they would traditionally be that the fire marshal requires us to be. One-way aisles, six-foot distancing between, traditionally, the planners and the suppliers, yeah. they would sit across the table from each other. Michael, you've seen this. They'd sit across the table from each other during their appointments. But we, we actually, at that point, we thought, well, we'll keep this way, but we'll put plexiglass to separate the planner and the supplier. So in our, in our office, we actually did a few test setups of what this might actually look like. And I'll be darned, you can't, by the time you have two people wearing masks across from a table with a plexiglass divider, you can't hear, and you have you know a thousand of these conversations going on at the same time. You can't hear anything; it's all background noise. So we flipped the script. The table, the six-foot table, instead of sitting across from it one way, we're going to turn the table so you actually are six feet apart through the table. And even with with masks on, you can hear each other much much better. So we're learning as we go. There are not a lot of events that we can look back at and say. These, these are events that did it really well. We, we, we haven't experienced a successful event that's reflective of the conditions that we're living in right now. So everything we're doing, we're running it past different uh, contractors and different CDC folks that, that being based in Atlanta, fortunately, we have access to different uh, folks within the CDC that have been helping guide this project and actually giving us insight. But anything new that we're rolling out, we're testing ourselves to make sure that it actually we know it, it, it's, it's the healthy, safe way to do things. What we also want to make sure is that it's actually an effective way to do things. So we don't have a, any situations where things just fall flat when we get on site. Right. I mean, I, I had pictured for a moment that you were going to have a little prison telephone there with the uh, plexiglass and call from one side. <laughs> <laughs> that, that may be next. Who knows? We'll see. Hopefully not. That's good. And the, and I got to say, very creative. What are foggers? What what you said foggers will go up and down the aisle? Like, is yeah. that protect us? Like, when you get your neighborhood fogged for mosquitoes? What is that? <laughs> well, it's actually, it's not nearly as as invasive as I, I thought it would be. Really what it is, is it's a, it's a saline solution. So there, it's completely non-toxic. We don't have to worry about anybody being getting you know, any negative effects or, or you know, residue anywhere. It's, it's really just uh, salt water that a couple times a day on a regular schedule, the trade show floor will empty. We'll go up and down the aisle with a series of foggers and we'll mist everything with a fine layer of, of a saline solution that disinfects everything after about 15 minutes. And then we open up the doors or the schedule will open up again. And People come back in and um, uh, back into the trade show environment. Yeah, and I think that part of this, what the saline does is it weighs the air down. The particles would adhere to the saline droplets and then fall to the floor uh, and become inert and, and you know, pretty much not be able to bind to anything. That is, that's the best answer you could have given, I think, because, you know, a lot of people would be worried about chemicals in the air floating around, but Essentially, as I understand the way that saline works, again, is, is you know, bonding and gravity. 
and whatever else saline might do to that uh, protein particle. So that's that's really, really innovative. I love, I love what you're doing there. And the masks, I think, deserve a second mention. The uh, BLM and LGBTQ masks and the corresponding donations is how do you, and, and our planners will are probably already have this in their head. They're like, yeah, okay, that's a good idea. How do you actually execute that? When you see somebody, do you, go, you click a button and then and then that records them as having worn it? Or do they select the mask that they want to wear at the beginning of the show? And that's the one they wear throughout the show. As far as our safe and clean plank goes, wearing a mask, the same mask for three or four days, it's counterintuitive and it's counterproductive. And you're actually not making yourself that much safer by doing that, right? So we want to make sure people can wear their own masks if they want. If they don't, We'll provide them. They'll be mailed out ahead of time. Uh, as they come in, we'll actually be, uh, as they walk in through the gates to the show, whether we do the temperature checks and everything, once their temperatures are checked, we're going to give them a sticker on their badge that actually shows that this person's temperature has been checked this day as they, as they pass through. But then we'll also be, be taking notes and actually tracking who's wearing which mask so that we can make that, that contribution back. And we'll be sending out updates every day via Twitter that, this amount of money was raised today for this this organization and that organization and things and, and really just help push that space. If you have to wear a mask anyway, we may as well wear masks that, that support something that uh, respectively that we're, we're passionate about that we want to be able to help contribute and help. I think that's terrific. Do you, are there any opportunities for vendors to buy uh, positions on masks so that uh, you, you could have, you know, an event squid mask, let's say, if we were going to be a sponsor? I believe that is a sponsor option. I'd have to check with the sales team. Originally, we had thought, well, is anybody actually going to want to do this? And then we actually had a few people that had come forward and said, look, we're, we're interested in this. And so we're looking at some different viability. I, I, I do believe we have at least one sponsor that's pretty far down the road to securing uh, at least one mask sponsorship. And so our producer, Marcella, will get in touch with you after the show to see about the, the squid mask, which will be a, the, the underside of a squid with the, the fangs bearing. It'll look like your mouth is a squid mouth. <laughs> tentacles. No one will want to go near you. So maybe that's not going to work. All right. That's why Marcella's in charge. Of so <laughs> I continue to be amazed uh, by the logistical execution. And I think one of the things that has struck me is you are, your organization is one that not only hosts events and plans them, so understands exactly what the planner goes through, but also is one that planners directly benefit from through their attendance and the vendors do as well. And, and in that regard, you're not one-sided. You have to understand the needs of the vendors as well as the needs of the planners in terms of getting business done. And, you know, I, I have a soapbox that I like to climb on once in a while regarding all the gimmicks that are done at ordinary trade shows, you know, ga gamification to get people to visit booths because they don't want to, you know, if you have to give somebody incentive, maybe you have the wrong people in the booths, right? That kind of thing. And what really strikes me about the Connect events is how organically pure they are in terms of 
getting people together at a show for the precise reason that you would go to the show, other than maybe to relax for three days away from your family at a nice resort. And so that's just, you know, that's sort of a commentary from, from this side of the mic where, you know, from, from my perspective, it's very hard to lose by investing the time and the money that it takes to attend a connect show either as a planner or as a vendor, because you say target rich environment. And, and I guess that's an apt term because everybody that is at that show is going to have a significantly higher opportunity to make a business connection than almost any other show they attend. And I don't, I don't know if you have statistics that back that up, but from, from where I sit, that is the result. It's been the result for us as a vendor who's participated in your show. And I wonder what kind of feedback you get from planners as to their experience when they invest the time to come to one of your shows. Well, and that's what we track pretty closely is the, uh, and it's, it's never perfect science because we really are, we have to rely on the data after the show to say, did you actually get business done? Did you actually get so? So the, the best we can do at that point is when people go to register for the following year, we'll ask them, did you attend last year? And did you actually get business from this show or from the, the show the, the previous year? And for, for planners, we'll ask if they actually booked or signed contracts as, as a result of the participation for last year. So suppliers, when we asked uh, where they go to register for that year, it's usually hovering right around that 75, 76% mark in terms of uh, if they were actually able to generate business that contracted from that event, which we're really proud of that. But it's we're, we're constantly looking at it thinking, well, if there was 75, 76% of planners that, or suppliers that actually got business done, why not 80%? What can we do to get them to 80%? Are we asking the right registration questions? Are we outside of the one-on-one appointments? Are we, are we presenting them with the right networking opportunities where they can take these new relationships and actually put them to work while we're on site? How, how can we make sure by the time somebody flies home that they actually go home and they have leads and RFPs that they can actually go to work on when they get back to their offices. So it's, I, we know we're never going to get to a hundred percent, but we're going to do everything we can to make sure that we continue to grow a few percentage points every year. Yeah. And this needs to be said during the constraints of the pandemic, which I don't foresee letting up, you know, in the near future from somebody like me who I've been I've been, you know, vigilant uh, about keeping myself safe because I've got some, you know, stuff that I don't want to mess around with, um, even though the risks may be low. But I would think most of us, most of us, even those who, who are very sensitive, have gone into the grocery store, have gone to Home Depot or whatever with a mask, maybe ate at a restaurant outside and have taken appropriate safety protocols in our regular life. To me, what you've done, and it's a great example for the industry, what you've done is you've made it possible for an event to mimic how I conduct myself in ordinary life amidst the virus. You've made it so that I don't have to have any 
extra fear, if you will, or take any extraordinary steps. In fact, you're taking them for me by misting the air, by flipping the tables, providing uh, the, the, the masks, taking the temperatures. You've done all that for me. And so I think from an industry perspective, the industry ought to be looking to how you've done this as a pattern for how they can get back in the game, how they don't have to shut down their trade shows, expos, and other events where they draw people. Now, crowd size obviously was a pivoting factor for you. And I understand that, you know, going into Florida is sort of like going to Beirut, but a little differently, a different, um, (laughs) (laughs) University of Florida, and I went to high school in Miami, so I have a license to make fun of Florida. But uh, short of that, as states do permit, in your venue selection, I think it is possible to get back on track for 2021, and you're doing it beforehand. So I really hope to do a follow-up with you and see how this event has gone uh, because I think it's a, a terrific template for the industry to understand that what was seemingly impossible a few months ago is not impossible. No, I appreciate that. And that's, it, we, we're, we're going to learn a lot as we go. And I think the, the unique opportunity that we have as a team, as we look forward to, to you know, two, two and a half weeks from now in, in Orlando is really taking a look at it thinking, what did we miss? What did we oversee? We don't have uh, historically been able to look back and say, well, this was the event we did last year. We know what we need to do. This year, we're looking at it thinking it's a new ball game. There are a lot of things that are, we, what we don't want is we don't want to get there on site and think, gosh, we should have thought of that. Or why didn't we think about this? So it's really taking, and, and we have regular conversations throughout the course of the week thinking, okay, let's, let's zoom out and let's think about the attendee journey. What is the attendee experience? Right from the time they, they get to the airport in Orlando, what could we possibly do to help them feel a little bit more? Because for a lot of folks, well, I, I look at like myself, I miss traveling. I do love it. I love see, seeing and experiencing new cities, all these things. But for those folks that haven't been on a plane since March, April, what what is this going to look like for them? How can we make this so that they're a little bit more comfortable? How can we take a little bit of apprehension away from what they may be feeling before they get on a plane and when they get to the hotel? And really just walking through what the attendee journey is going to be like at Connect this year and trying to do everything we can to make sure that we've we've thought of everything and that we have we've done everything we can to make sure that not only business is going to get done, but it's going to get done in a way where people have an an experience and have a good time and they get back and they understand that not only can this be done in a safe and clean manner, but they actually had fun while they're doing it and they came home and they have business. Well, Patrick, this has been more than enlightening, more than entertaining. It's inspirational in the fact that it does give a path out of what's been a pall over our industry. So thank you for joining us today and taking out time because I can't believe what you're planning right now. And uh, (laughs) I don't want to interfere with it, but we're going to have you back on for a recap and we'll find out how it went in Orlando. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it already. Thanks, Patrick. Thank you. 
In Any Event is brought to you by EventSquid. If you're running a conference, meeting, training, or any other type of event, visit eventsquid.com to learn about how our software can help you manage everything from registration to promotion and virtual event organization. EventSquid. Thinks like you, works like eight of you. Also, take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and let your planner colleagues know what the new squids on the block are doing. If you know of a guest we should have, please visit eventsquid.com and click the podcast menu item for more information. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. We're planning on it. <laughs>